This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Listeners, we're dealing with questions about church membership uh, for the next few questions. So here is our first question for today. Is it important to be a church member? What say you, Michael Fueling? I really appreciate the question. And I think membership is one of those issues where there are there is so much uh, understandable misunderstanding. Misunderstandings, yeah. yes. So let me start with a big picture rubric about membership, okay? Mm -hmm. So church membership is this weird hybrid of a legal reality plus a biblical reality. Agreed. And uh, how you understand the responsibilities of membership really depend on which aspect of membership you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about membership from a legal reality for a moment, and then we can talk about why it's maybe important to be a church member. But let's like establish what is a church member. Yeah. Every church should have a constitution. Uh, the constitution is a legal requirement. Uh, if a church wants to be an official nonprofit organization, which gives you a tax exemption status Correct. called a 501c3, we, Village Church, are obligated to have a constitution in our constitution, we're obligated, required by law, to have a president, a vice president, a treasurer, regular meetings, etc. So when you read a church's constitution, churches don't like make up constitutions because we're bored. They're actually a lot of work, and it's exactly. a legal document. Yeah. Membership actually has legal parameters to it. You are officially, as a member, associating with a legally recognized organization, organization yeah. and then there's protection in that on some levels for the church primarily, but um, understanding that legally it, it is a, a legal concept. And so it's interesting because the word member in the Bible actually refers to a body part. It doesn't yes. refer to like the member of an organization. Right. Yeah. So, but in terms of American legal vocabulary vernacular, member is a person who is officially affiliated and recognized by an official organization, right? But the way the Bible uses the word member is actually different than the legal notion of the word. So for us at Village Church, we recognize membership is twofold. Uh, membership is, number one, a legal entity, uh, which is important and valuable, and we want to play by the rules, and we don't want to give money to the government. So mm -hmm. you want Village Church to be recognized as a legal 501c3 nonprofit organization. On the other hand, membership is a little bit different. Like, for example, if we didn't have all these legal parameters, I don't know actually that we would call this church membership. I don't know what we would call it, but a church role, a church list, something, something like yeah. that. The idea, the big picture idea of church membership in scripture would be more a list of mm -hmm. men and women and even young people who are in good standing with the church. But for the sake of how the American church functions, we take this role, if you will, and it's Always, I've actually never seen it done otherwise. It's always integrated into the legal reality. The two kind of are hard to separate. Yeah, you really can't. There's actually not a lot of wisdom in separating them. So when people ask the question, like, why should I become a church member, right? We'll just say, number one, it's good for the church. It's a protective mechanism for the church. And in fact, I think a couple more questions we have. Can a non-member be put under church discipline? This is not just a biblical question. It's a legal question. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we tell people is that if you want to protect the church legally, you will pursue membership if you are a person in good standing and you want to make this your home church. Mm -hmm. You do leave the leaders of the church in a little bit of a lurch if you want to make it your home church, but you don't want to become an actual legal member yeah. of the church. Mm -hmm. 
local churches land in different places when it comes to this membership issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I know very good churches that church membership is almost non-existent. And then there's the other extreme, which uh, I have to say, I was a part of many years ago, that church membership was— You could never leave. Well, (laughs) it even goes to this extent. If you are not a member of that church, you could not partake in communion. Yep, which we deal with every Sunday. So, like, I've been asked the question, why do you, Michael, when you do communion, why do you always say, hey, if you're with us from another church church. and you believe in Christ, please partake with us? Because a lot of those people actually have come from or grown up in churches where if you're not in our denomination, if you're not a member of this church, Mm -hmm. we don't want to take responsibility of you falsely taking communion and damning yourself and all the, you know, like bringing forth the wrath of God in our community. So we do that for clarity's sake. We do. And we have to do it every week because every week there are visitors, Visitors. there are non-Christians and Christians visiting with family and friends from other churches, people visiting our church who are believers trying to figure out if this would be their home church. It's just a simple matter of hospitality to be kind to them. But we come back to this question, and the question is, is it important to be a church member? So legally, yes. Now let's take off our legal hat Mm -hmm. and just talk about the nature of church membership in a local community. And and of course, our answer is yes. Yes, yes, it is important. But then the people would respond and say, well, why? 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 What does it change? So, And especially if they're asking this question from a congregational polity of a church where, for our listeners, if you're a congregational governance church, then the members are the ones that are voting on decisions. We are not that. We're an elder-run church. So as congregational members, we have trusted our elders to make those decisions, Mm -hmm. obviously, with information and with gathering information from our congregation, where do they stand on these issues, and then reporting the decisions. And if you look at uh, congregational-run churches versus elder-run churches, there's a spectrum. So one side of the spectrum would be the congregation has no vote whatsoever, which is fine, and and some churches function well like that. Mm -hmm. And and some churches are the congregation votes on everything, Everything. which I'll I'll just go on the record and say it's a terrible idea. I've been in a church where they actually, believe it or not, they voted on how many cases of toilet paper the janitor could buy. Right. You've got to be kidding. It's exhausting. So there's usually a good hybrid in the middle, like a village right now— if you you as a member vote on our constitution, but our constitution, yes, it's a legal document, but it's a church document. Statement of faith is in that. Like you have a lot of power of the constitution. Let's put it that way. Yes. Right now, village church. But big picture, we're going to obviously say having an official relationship with a local body where you're in good standing is always an excellent thing. Yes. So if you were to go to our membership class. There'll be six reasons in there why you want to become a member. In fact, we could probably add like seven, which would be it's a legal reality. <laughs> yeah. And then eight would be, practically speaking, there are a bunch of things you can't do at Village if you're not a member. You cannot be a ministry director. You cannot be community a core team leader. leader. Yep. You can't be a community group leader. You cannot be – there's a whole bunch of things you can't do because we have so many men and women on the front lines who are representing our elders um, in terms right. of doctrine and clarity and mission and vision and values that there's just a lot of leaders in our church leading on the front lines. And we're not a large church, but we we hinge on the quality and the competency and the clarity and the mutual submission That's right. of those leaders to us and us to them. Do you think it'd be a benefit to share those six things with our listeners? I can't see why not. So six compelling reasons to become a member of a local church. Number one is, I am committed to the future of Village Church and its people and mission. So there's a commitment that the person is making. I'm in, I'm all in. Yep. So current church membership is always counteracting cultural trends. So the concept of consumer church is not 
I would never look at a consumer and say they're in good standing. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the point is like what this point here is I'm committed to its people and its mission is you're getting out of the consumer part of it and you're now getting into the like, no, these are my people. Yes. I am excited about this. And when the leaders look at me, they know I've actually written my name and signed my name to a mm -hmm. covenant that says right. future of the church, the people of this place. I'm in. I'm in. I just knocked on the table. Did you hear that? <laughs> All right, good. Number two is I am committed to serving, giving, attending, and engaging, which again, we're counteracting with more clarity consumer church. Consumerism. People don't realize this, right? You go to church and you may not give. I don't know who you are. Right. And quite frankly, it's not my biggest concern. But the reason our church exists and is sustaining itself is because people give thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of their hard-earned money. And a lot of them don't make a ton of money. Yeah. This has been a discipline in their life. So part of becoming a member, though, is you're saying, we're not saying how much. We just want to know you're right. all in financially. You're going to serve. You're, you're going to serve? Because, how do I say this? Churches don't want your money. Churches in a sense, don't function without money. Yeah, they don't function without money. <laughs> you know? Scripture says what Jesus is concerned about is our heart. And that's what the local church is concerned about. Once a local church has your heart, then all else yep. is going to follow. Right. And if you have 100 people and the Lord has all their heart, the money won't be an issue. That's right. Because when they have a need, it'll be met. And mm -hmm. that's the simple reality is people get like, what are you going to like mandate me give? <laughs> I'm not going to mandate anything. I'm just going to say, if you want to be a member here, you're committing to sustain this because well, we yeah. need everybody all in because we're not filthy rich, you know, like it's just that simple. Mm -hmm. So number three. Number three, I want to make sure that my life is under the authority of a local church. Oh, there is something about this so, umbrella of, oh yeah, that would be the negative side. I'm looking at the positive side. Yep. There is something beneficial about being under the authority of a local church. I know that there are people out there that say, hey, I can love God, I can serve God without being a member of a local church. But is that really what the New Testament says? It says submit yourself to your leaders. Yeah, and your leaders exactly. are supposed to sacrificially lead and mm -hmm. love the people. But there is authority structures ordained by God. That's exactly right. Very simply. So membership is very countercultural in that way, too, because culture says I am my own authority. Nobody tells me what no to do. No one tells me what to do. I'll just give like a personal example. There was a time... 2007, late, early 2008, when um, I wanted to leave Village Church, I personally, and I've always been convicted of this, that I am a man under authority. Yes. So yeah, we are first. Right now, if a church called me and said, uh, we want you to be our senior pastor. And I was like, oh, I want to do this. By the way, this is- <laughs> This is fictitious. Hypothetical fictitious, yeah. So, <laughs> And the elders said to me, no, no. I wouldn't go. Mm -hmm. Because- I'm a man under authority. Yeah. I am not the final arbiter of my life. And now, if they tell me to sin, mm. right, I don't have to follow that. But them saying yes or no isn't sin. You know what right. I mean? Like, we're not talking about a biblical whatever. And some people, that's really scary because they've had a lot of PTSD with churches. Mm -hmm. And I trust our elders. I trust they love their love for me, their yes. love for the church, mm -hmm. uh, their love for my family. And so when I wanted to leave in 2007 and eight, they told me no. Mm -hmm. And I bent the knee. Mm -hmm. They made a couple decisions for me that weren't really exciting for me. They weren't sin though. And they ended up being right. And yeah. had I ran, my life would be very different. And I don't think in a good way right now, but they were very wise and intuitive to know that. But like, this is part of the way that I structure my life is um, it does not matter how big a platform that I have may grow or you, like we are under authority. As pastors are under the authority of a local church yep. and the elders of that church. Yep. And it, it can't be a gimmick. No. It has to work when my will 
butts up against their will and announce an issue. Like it has to work itself out even when it's inconvenient for it to be like a guiding principle. But I think members understand this, that there's a mutual submission. Even in marriage, there's mutual Mm -hmm. submission, but there is authority. And when both people do their part, they're looking out for the other one. And that protection is incredible. We have found ourselves being an incredible mechanism of protection for spouses in difficult marriages, for children, multiple circumstances. All right. Number four, I want to partner with the Village Church leadership to support them and to be supported by them. You can be a devoted follower of Jesus Christ to an extent Mm. without a local church. But if you really want the support, if you really want to be a part of supporting another organization or the organization that Jesus gave his life for, which is the local church, you're going to be a member of that entity. Yep. Amen. Number five, I want Village Church to be my church family. I am in this for the long haul. Yeah. I recently did a, I I want to find a way to preach on this. I don't know when or where. (laughs) I'll ram it into some sermon somewhere, but... The difference between being a part of a movement mm. and being a part of a family. Yeah, you and I have had some really good conversations about this. Yeah, Village is a family, and I love this. I'm in this for the long haul. It doesn't mean you're a slave to Village Church. It doesn't mean the Lord can't move you or do whatever you want. And we've had people come to us and say, I really feel like I'm being called to this church. I'm like, go, you know? Yeah, right. There are actually a lot of times I'm like, no, I do actually I sense that's a really good thing. You know, like the Lord moves people around, and that's—so we've come to grips with that, and I want to be really generous with our people and generous to them. I can imagine, though, when somebody says, I really feel like I need to go, and the elders are like, I just don't think that's smart. Mm-hmm. For example, sometimes you have a, a spouse who wants to go, but the other spouse doesn't, and there's there's kind of a manipulation bull. You right. know, we just, you got to be really yeah. careful. This is where I think conventional wisdom is, I might be part of a family, but I am my own authority. Mm-hmm. And in a family, it's not always like that. Everything you do affects everyone else. And yeah. again, this is so culturally inconvenient, you know, but the idea of elder permission sometimes. Mm-hmm is um, a high value for me, although I don't mandate it on people because I just know that most people don't have that value. But I do see it in Scripture that there is a a high value for when you're going to leave a community, Mm -hmm. submission to the elders, but also like if the elders really love you and they really love your family and they are just praying to God for you, not for their own like self-protection, like it can be a really beautiful thing. But that's hard if you came from a church where the elders didn't love you. Yeah. What's number six? Number six, having a home church that is a family is a high value to God. Yeah. Can I just like practically break something down? We talked about like, you know, legally, there's some things you can't do at Village if you're Mm -hmm. a member, et cetera. You know, membership is a vetting process also just to make sure doctrine is in line, you know, we think, et cetera. But let me give you like an example of how membership actually does change a dynamic for pastors in the church. If I have like... We have Easter coming up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, By the time you listen to this, Easter's already happened. But Easter is like in four or five days or something. And... I have no hesitation, zero, calling our musicians who are members and saying, man, I need you over here. Could you go lead at this place? Because we have two Good Friday services in two different locations, Mm -hmm. three services in two locations, four Easter services in two locations, and a bunch of musicians who are all kind of covering all the bases, you know? That's right. And I have zero issues going to any of our members and saying, hey, we need you over here. Would you be willing? Yeah, and as a family member, you know, we're going to ask you to step up. In my physical family, I would ask my any of my brothers for anything, no matter what the inconvenience, if it was a real need mm-hmm. and, and it was a part of our shared values, I'd be like, hey, man, could you help me with this? I need your help. And my expectation is they would say yes if it's reasonable or yeah. doable. Sometimes yes. I ask a member and they can't. They but, can't because it is— impractical for them to do that. Yeah, but we function like a family, so I can inconvenience them, and they can inconvenience me. That's exactly right. I might have the craziest week, and they might be like, could you stop everything? Okay. Yeah. 
whatever you need, because that's kind of just what family does. I've had many conversations with people to say, look, they always speak to you like, pastor, you know, I'm all in at this church. And I'll say, but you've never gone through the membership process. What What's holding you back from becoming a member? You know, pastor, I, I can serve here. I can give here. I can worship here. You know, I'm just, I'm all in here. I don't see any benefit that membership's going to give me that I don't already have. But this is the piece that I think they're missing. When you say, I want to be a member, you're saying, I want to be a part of this family. I don't want to be just an honored guest each time I show up. Mm -hmm. I want to come and I want to be a part of this family and I want to own my responsibility and I want to not only be loved, but I want to take the responsibility of loving others and giving here of myself, my talent, my treasure. It just takes it to the next level where a person says, I am now saying I am all in this family. Yep. Every family has their own culture and mm -hmm. values. And so if the family you're coming into and you want to be called part of the family, well, then you play by their rules, right. you know? Yeah. If you move in with another family and you're like, I want to be officially adopted. Well, there are rules that, you, rules that you have to obey. And so we always say, if it's really your family, then like these are values that are really important to us. So jump on it. But I also understand we're talking about why somebody should, right? Yes. But what maybe we're not addressing here, which I hope, I hope people are realizing that we're not just saying, oh, you're here one week, jump all in, right? No, Sometimes no, no, you need no. a process. You need to get to know churches. You need to take your time. I get all that. Yep. We're just talking, you know, if you've been here long enough and you know this is your people, um, I understand you may have some PTSD, but that's part of what you have to vet out here is like, are these people going to do to me what the last people did? And, and the hope is you spend enough time with us and you realize prob no, probably not. not. Yeah, like that's, not happen. that's probably not going to happen like that. So Tim, what is our question for next time? Next time is a pretty interesting question. What if my spouse doesn't want to become a member? I really appreciate the question. Hold on, Dan. <clears throat> Sorry. There we go. All right. <clears throat> Cool. Can I just keep going? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just like mid-sentence take that out and have me continue the sentence. I can, but I won't. <laughs> All right, good.